Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Britain, an ancient kingdom with legends of violence, cruelty, and torment in its blood. Join your hosts, Ross, John, and James, as they bravely tread where few would dare. Witness their journey into the horrific history of British horror. They are... The General Witch Finders. Hello listeners, this is Ross here. Because John is super rushed off his feet with work, we haven't been able to record an episode so to give you something to listen to um i've i fished out an old episode of a podcast james and i used to do back along we did it for about 10 years it was called creeping of armstrong uh there's a few episodes still left on the internet but uh most of it is sitting on a hard drive i thought it'd be a good opportunity for you to hear that same dynamic but this is from april 2010 i think listening to it it seems to be recorded just after matt smith's first ever episode as doctor who there's a little bit of horror in there, so it might it might scratch that itch. But if this is the first time you are listening to General Witchfinders, this is not what the podcast is usually like. Go and listen to another episode, and then maybe come back in a couple of weeks' time. But until then, if you want to listen to this, enjoy, and we will catch up with you very soon. We have ignition sequence start. Engines on. Five, four, three, two. We can now say the international creeping with Armstrong. We've now ventured into another country, no less. Um, we we are broadcasting to you this afternoon from the 
The centre of the Hooniverse. The centre of the Hooniverse. <laughs> I was going to say the glamorous locale of of Cardiff, Wales. Yeah. We are here the with... of the rift yeah. in time and space. Yes. Probably only about a mile from the epicentre. As the crow flies. Don't get more excited than that. And no. we are, we are delighted to say that we are joined again by uh, our old friend of many, many years, returning guest on Creeping with Armstrong. <laughs> Can't believe that we're still doing it, but lo and behold, we are. Yeah, Ladies and gentlemen, we John doing? Poutney. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like definitely... in with Steve Wright in the afternoon. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Love the show. <laughs> What are we going to talk about? I don't know. What are we going to talk you about? You said you prepared some questions. Oh, no, we were going to talk theories. about uh, theories about Doctor Who. Well, John is a big Doctor Who fan. Whovian. He's quite, uh, quite close to the production in more ways than one. Um, but we was having uh, a discussion on the way up here. Um, we, we still haven't seen the second episode of the uh, season five, which is on later this evening. Which airs tonight. Yes. yes. Like about quarter past six. Yes. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, so we're going to... Um, so I'm going to miss that. Yeah, we're going to see that when I get home. That'd be good. <laughs> um, but we were just having a little discussion on the way down here, weren't we, yes. James? And we were. Well, we've been talking about Amy, and we was thinking, what is her relationship with the Doctor going to be? Yes. Um, my theory was uh it seemed that she was quite she's been obsessed with him from a, yes. a young age and there's the whole thing about um you know she's been drawing pictures of her making people play games uh, like the the, the, she called, the, the, ra- yeah. the raggedy doctor the raggedy yes. doctor yeah and i was thinking um about uh, munchausen by proxy the the thing where people can't tell their fantasy life from their real life. Yeah, okay. And I was wondering if it was going to... Because they, they did that whole thing in Science of the Library where the, the girl who was inside the library were, um, was actually a computer program and it was all part of her dreams and yeah. stuff. And he, ah. uh, Moffat seems to like that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I was, and they were saying it's all like... Um, they're trying to make this a lot more fairy tale like Yeah. And I was thinking, you know, would it be something where Amy... Uh, wasn't quite sure what was real and what's not. So if she, she's been suffering that, from that for a while, yeah. about, you know, the, the sort of make-believe world and all that sort of stuff. Yes. It might be a case of like, I don't know, I'm trying to work out what he could do with that, but I think the whole thing with her, um, she might get back and then people might convince her that it was all part of her sort of fantasy yeah, and or you know, delusion and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, so that was an idea I had. But James has had an even better one. But, right. Uh, yeah, 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 but I just want to hear what John thinks. Yeah, that idea I first. don't think... That they, I, I think that's an interesting uh, idea, but I don't think they'd necessarily want to do that to the companion because I think the way the production team, whichever production team it is, thinks of the companion as being the viewer's eyes hmm. of the adventures. Um, a lot less now. It used to be a lot more that the companion would be the way that the Doctor would get into peril and then he would have to save the companion and that was normally how the story would start. That would be the, the mechanical aspect of opening a story. Someone would fall down a lift shaft or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, Classic. And then it would come back next episode and she didn't actually fall that far. Yeah. Uh, or, or it was <laughs> Sterling Moss in his own... Uh... His own lift shaft. Didn't you cry when you found that out, John? Yes, I did cry. That's nice. I've met Sterling Moss. He's, nice a, he's a really nice man. Well, my, i got a friend who does another podcast called Alton and he said um, that's where his hobby... Uh, yeah. we, we, he loves Formula One yeah. and his job fixing lifts. Suddenly <laughs> <laughs> came together. together. And it's apparently his friends, he's got a friend who's been around and, and worked on his lift. No and he's way. got lots of different gadgets and stuff. And he was yeah, like, it, a lot of his gadgets are designed by the Williams head of engineering, Patrick uh, Patrick Head. 
Wow, he's like a real life James Bond then. In, yeah, in yeah, he is. Yeah, but like yeah. it's all his suits and and shirts made in Hong Kong. So that's where the best tailors are. Wow! So we will fly out, have a load of clothes made, and then fly back. Brilliant jet set lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. But it always makes people think of when you hear about celebrities with um, gadgets about how. Uh, Paul Daniels, who has spoken to me on Twitter, by the a, way, um, recently. British television magician of yeah. the 1980s. Um, how he's got a... Uh, he's a bit like that one that got his head bitten off by a white tiger recently. <laughs> uh, yeah. But more physically repulsive. Yes. <laughs> but not a lot. Was it Siegfried and Roy or Siegfried something? Yeah, Roy, he's yeah. not dead, Siegfried well, he's not Roy. dead, he's just mentally incapacitated. <laughs> um, but how Paul Daniels has got, like, um, hoovers built into his walls. So he, he doesn't have to drag a hoover around, he just... He pulls scru- them out. Switches on a wall. No, he screws, screws like a hose into a, like a special vent. And then Is it like the wall? Oh, on I them? thought Jamiroquai's virtual yeah. insanity video. <laughs> he just stands there. Turns the room upside down and all the dust falls out and he sucks it out the bottom. That's a weird noise. Or Brilliant. it's like a moving wall in that yeah. thing, um, that thing, that um, game with Dale Winton where they have to stand yeah. in a stupid shape. Um, Bring out the wall! Yeah. It's just called a hole in the wall. A hole, hole in, in the wall. wall. Yeah. It just sweeps away the dust. Yeah. And uh, Debbie... Whatever her name is. Debbie McGee. McGee. Yeah. Whiz bit, of course. Swept into destiny. But James, you want to tell us your theory? Okay, yeah, my, theory the is, um, my, my theory is quite simply and straightforward that Amy Pond is the daughter of the Doctor and River Song. Oh. And why? Because when the Doctor turns up, he says, where are your parents? Yes. And she says, they're not here. I'm, I'm just looked after by my aunt. Yeah. She doesn't say they're dead. She just says they're not here. Yes. And then later on, when she's when she's talking about the apples, yes, um, he makes the comment, "She sounds really good, your mum." And I just thought, oh. And then of course, River Song is due to come back into it in a few episodes' yeah. time. Yeah. And I thought, what? Because the whole Episode thing is we talked about. We've talked about how they've done the whole kind of companion as you know a uh, you know like a love relationship love, yeah yeah, a companion, yeah you know a companion as a friend you yeah. know, a companion as a father love. figure as well they haven't done a parental relationship and yet. i was saying in the that first episode there was a bit where when the doctor said he was going to come back for it they cut back to the young amy uh amelia yeah, and, she's and, and, and she's she heard the tardis noise and she looked up and she smiled yeah. and i was thinking oh is that when he reunites with a song with yes. her uh, maybe well, later on on good authority don't spot not any bad spoilers amelia pond may make future reoccurrences in season 31 as i like to call it <laughs> which is five or six whatever this one is. All right, fine. <laughs> yeah, sir. Well, there you go. Yes. But anyways, that, that was just my one. And it was just literally the way yes. and, and the emphasis on when he went, she yeah. sounds really good, your mum. And they're definitely going to bring, bring back that face on an apple at some point. And not say your yeah. dad. Yeah. Or, yeah. She sounds really good, your mum. Someone's going to, oh. you're going to see someone with an apple face. Yeah. Apple face. <laughs> that sounds really 80s who villain. <laughs> it smells like a smell. It sounds like a Russell T. Davis villain. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a ginormous apple for a face. Be marvellous. Oh. I was going to say, be careful, James, but he's not here anymore. So he's gone off to LA. Who's that? RTD? Yeah, he's in yeah. LA now. He's a close personal friend that John's, John's run into him on a couple yeah, of occasions. He's, yeah. li- he's texting me, I'm in the lift of RCD, he's enormous. <laughs> I, I've met him twice, he's a very nice man. And you saw him in Smith's and, and you yes. were too scared to talk to him? That was the first that time. That was the first time. He is the most immensely tall person. Imagine someone playing the uh, cyber controller and it actually turning out to be RTD. That's how tall. Beck likes is. the way that on one side of his face he looks normal, on the other side he's just hideously warty. <laughs> I can't say that. I can. It's I like was, they gave up halfway around. I was thinking, um, 
I read an article in the Times the other day saying uh, various things, slagging off Doctor Who for various things, most of them being quite right, really, yeah. um, with RTD introducing this Messiah complex thing. Um, and some of his more far-fetched episodes were crap. Yeah. And we're just bollocks. I just think, to, to me, I just immediately think of when they're in the future and they're in sort of like the TV episodes, like The Weakest yeah. Link and the Anne Robinson yeah. box. And, and then that was Hopelessly poor. dated. Poor. Now. Well, hopelessly dated. Literally the minute it yeah. Ends. yeah, but I was saying that Doctor Who is always hopelessly dated as minute it comes out because it's very, very much a show of its time. And that's the whole thing about, like, the Beatles are in the chase. Yes. For example, so they make everything, they all try and catch up everything which is, like the zeitgeist. the zeitgeist at yeah. the time, and that's why I think it's always been so popular. Yeah, um, like because it does change; it regenerates. The, but it the- does have um, a lot of key parts that transcend any kind of setting, like Sherlock Holmes. In in that way, um, always has got the mystery uh, element, the deduction. relationship between Watson and and Holmes. Yeah, the deductive aspect mm. is what people still find very interesting, and that's the thing with Doctor Who. It's always got the TARDIS always got the doctor himself it's always got a companion in peril what do you think but, of the new tardis in john uh i like the outside very much i haven't formed an opinion on the inside yet because i'm still you haven't seen it much if, no. you, if you're not watching confidential you won't have seen much no, of it at all. because i i believe confidential spoils it slightly and i like to watch the episodes just as a piece of tv you've been fiction. have you been on the set of the old tardis no i've been in sarah jane's um loft loft where Mr. Smith is. I haven't been on any Doctor Who sets because they'd de-rigged the TARDIS set and were just about to build a new TARDIS set when I was in I, a boat. I thought you were going to say because they'd heard I was coming and you'd rob it blind. I did see the exploded previous TARDIS. Yeah, we should explain John is a photographer yeah. and um, he's taking pictures of the uh, Doctor production uh, team for Doctor Who magazine, haven't you? He is Beth and... Uh, even and this is it. the one which um, one of the Doctor Who podcasts I listened to were all taking the piss out of his jacket um, Pierce was wearing in that picture you took. Why was that? They're just saying this is uh, his spiffing jacket. And <laughs> well, they, um, I thought that he looked quite like Peter Davison's Doctor that nah. day because he had similar hair and the, the jacket was cream, which doesn't come across in those pictures because I think they're black and white in the magazine. Mm-hmm. But he does look quite like Davison's Doctor. So when you met Moffat, yes. is, he, is he quite grumpy? Um, he was kind of grumpy, but uh, he's obviously a, a really nice guy and very approachable, and if you cut him open, it would probably say Doctor Who through his veins or something. Um, he was somewhat incredulous, but it worked very well in terms of the pictures because um, my assistant that I took with me that day, Kirsty, has never watched Doctor Who and owned up to never having watched Doctor Who in front of him. And that's when he started to pull very grumpy faces because he couldn't believe she'd actually never even seen Doctor Who, which there can't be many people who haven't seen Doctor Who. Well, a friend of ours... In, in um, this country, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, my, um, my girlfriend's brother's girlfriend... Yeah, my girlfriend. Well, okay, yeah, I know who you're future, talking about, yeah. Your future sister-in-law. Possibly. Yeah. Anyway. Um, only I possibly. See. Only, only if the brother and... Sister. Brother yeah, brother oh, right, girlfriend. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I thought, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Controversially, there. No, 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 no. So I was he's told not getting married. Yeah. I was told there'd be no a, a pair of size twelve shoes. Yeah. Well, we've been shopping today for some wedding outfits and having problems finding shoes that would fit my elephantine feet. So and, he's and, and to Ross... regenerate in time and get and size eight feet. Ross has been aghast at the price of shirts as well. It's been brilliant. <laughs> 
100 British But anyway, anyway, anyway. Well, I, I can't remember. Um, like she's never seen Doctor Who before. And she was at my house and uh, she goes, oh, what? so how does it work? Is, does, is he dead? Because she couldn't work it. She was, I had to try and explain regeneration. Yes. So, so is he dead? I said, well, he sort of died. How can you... It's strange, isn't it? How can you not be aware of something like that that has been... Well, we're big fat geeks. Yeah, but it's been part of British culture for 46 years. This is what I find about a lot of um, this year, this generation, is that a lot of kids these days, and I say kids about when we were our age, we were that age of being, say, 8 to 15. Mm -hmm. All we probably did on a weeknight was watch telly. TV, absolutely. Because we were too lazy to go out and do anything. There wasn't much else to do. There was nothing else to do. There was no computer games. There was no um, illicit drinking. There was no drugs. There was no internet. So all we did was watch BBC One, probably not ITV. Um, CITV was very poor. Yes. Maybe perhaps for Nightmare or... um, what else was on CITV? Um, Dramarama Spooky. Yeah, Dramarama, Dramarama Spooky. Now we're um, talking. I, I sent that to Charlie Brooker the other day. He was asking for the scariest thing you ever seen on TV <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah. And I said it was Dramarama Spooky when it was uh, about... A, it was, someone was trapped in a school and it was ghosts of, of girls who got killed by a doodlebub bug. And you kept hearing like the sound of the doodlebug. Oh, and then they said... Scared now. See, and they said, when, they said when the, the bomb went silent you knew it was going to drop yeah yeah the um, engine had cut out yeah see automatically what ross is describing there sounds more fun than going and sitting on a wreck somewhere with some hooch and getting pissed out your face and made pregnant by and, some and happy slapping chipper. someone yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then filming yourself poking someone's oh never mind well, but uh yeah so i'd much rather watch drama armor than get yeah by a jippo or read it or read a choose your own adventure book well, That's exactly, yeah. yeah yeah with um an American Indian armed with an axe. Have you seen in, in, a, in some cabin? And all you do is walk in and he chops your head off. And start, I think that was, that start, was that, start that story again. Yeah, I think that was the horror of High Ridge one you're describing. Something like oh. that. Yeah, he's not far off. Please. If you look Brilliant. on um, the next week on Geek email out, there's yeah. um, a website which I'm putting on there where people have been changing the names of Children Adventure covers. So they got the original cover oh, nice. and they changed the name. Like, oh, so there'd be like some guy sort of like coming out of this <laughs> box and all like rainbows and flying <laughs> uh, flying chairs and stuff. And it just says, what the fuck? <laughs> well, really randomly, really randomly in one of the English classrooms that I've been teaching in at school, it's not like my room. It's just I teach the one class in there. And as with, is always the way with like big and sort of schools that have been going sort of 50, 60 years, that you do occasionally find very dusty and oh. old books around. You're like, yeah. geez, where's this come yeah. from? Like one book was called Your Birthday, 26 April. And it was just like a book <laughs> that featured all the events that happened if you'd been born on the 26th of no April. And it's like, how's this ended up yeah. in school? If, like, if it was the 23rd of April, then you were probably William Shakespeare. Oh, wow. Because that's his birthday. Good work. And St. George's Day. Oh, God. Swell of patriotism. But then he's, <laughs> but inside the, the one classroom was a copy of Steve Jackson's Fighting Fantasy, the no first way. one. Brilliant. And on the front, um, it's just a picture of a sort of like a tiger Temple style. No, no, a tiger style bloke going, yeah. like that with like both his arms up in the air as if poised to strike. Not happy. And, I, uh, and they, uh, the, the first one was the warlock of Firetop Mountain. Mountain. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah, read he, that one. Yeah. Yeah, I was always getting trapped in a dungeon in that. Oh, sucks. the last thing you want. This the best thing well, I remember. Did you do what? Like, I used to hate watching people play it when they got all their fingers in the books holding places so they can go back. Yeah. Don't do that. This Just go to the end. Physics. Then start to the Pick beginning. I, I did have a Choose Your Own Adventure Star Trek as they in did. the classic series. They did, they, uh, did, they did spin it off because I had the Batman and Superman one but the Superman uh, one was brilliant. 
and had some like really crazy endings, like one where um, they, like Superman turns this ray on Lex Luthor, which turns Lex Luthor into a baby, and he says pretty much, "Oh, you're going to start his personality from scratch." <laughs> and just even then, understanding continuity as a kid, I was like, "They can't do this. They can't end this." Like, wow. Well, they, on this side, they got they there was Star Trek Next Generation choosing adventures, and they oh. go on and they changed the title to Data as a Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you it. It's really good. That sounds brilliant already. Okay, well, speaking about that, that dovetails quite nicely, neatly talking about TV and the like, because on the last one, me and Ross started talking about um, how the first 18-rated film that you see, yes. illicitly, it does have like quite an impact on you in yes. terms of like, the movies you end up liking. I so remember, I wondered, what was, what was yours, Jake? I can remember mine. It's a film called Witchboard, which, Witchboard. Was, um, a fair, uh, uh, which I would have watched perhaps in the summer of... 1989 in my friend Tom Scrooby's house in Stratford upon Avon. Um, four of us camped over yeah. in his garden, um, and it was a bit like um, what's that film that I have never seen, but I know what it's like. With young kids and they they rites of passage kind of River uh, Phoenix is. Oh, uh, Stand by Me. It's a bit like Stand uh, by oh, Me. Well, the, well, the film was or the actual sleepover. The you sleepover had to go, was to go was and a find bit a dead like body. Stand yeah. by Me. We didn't find a dead body, but I remember. Um, crawling down the bank of a stream and finding some of that uh, poisonous algae in the stream Ooh. and being very scared not to touch that because it was blue algae. <laughs> but um, then we watched a film called Witchboard, which I can't remember anything now, about. I'm just I'm just trying to trawl through my mind. I think did the cover feature like a scantily clad woman lying on her back? <laughs> no. All right. Okay. <laughs> no, no, that's, 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 uh, that's the cover to all your videos. Yeah, I was about to say we'll, we'll move swiftly on. Sorry, John. Carry the on. Cover. I think. With some hands in a kind of this yeah. position, what would you call it? Like a, like a cupping, like, like a you're lotus about to catch flower, a, a cricket ball or a baseball. Um, but in, in within that um, yeah. demonic giant hand and. was a woman, as if she was trapped trying Ooh. to get out. So maybe you, no, 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 no. This isn't the one that I'm so thinking. So if you of. can imagine, say, um, a, an independent video store in the 1980s that you don't you don't see the type anymore. You don't. Um, smells of fags. Smells of fags. fags. Enormous yeah. plastic boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. boxes are really <laughs> big. Yeah. Really At big. least double the size of the actual tape. Padded. Padded, yeah. If they hadn't used those, the world's oil supplies would be really <laughs> able to drive cars for like another hundred years, I reckon. We must have gone burned through so much bacon then. And it was probably... Um, I for a copy of Jumping on, Jack um, Flash. Yeah. <laughs> it always seems to be available. Dwarfed by some giant toothbrushes. That just burned into my mind, uh, that image. Uh, I heard on another podcast, they were saying that um, when E.T. came out, they made fucking loads of, of E.T. games for the ZX... Uh, no, no, the... The, um, the Atari, <laughs> the Atari th- game. 2600. More than were actually Atari 2600 in existence. They just had whack a in a landfill yeah. somewhere. Yeah. That, to me, sounds like the... the like the Hold 21st... the M4 for the next 25 years. No, I was going to say, that, for me, is the 21st century. If they remade Planet of the Apes again, that's what you'd find. You wouldn't find the Statue of Liberty. God damn you all! You made too many games! <laughs> Anyway, so go, go back to was a witchboard. Yeah, witchboard. Yeah, it's I, two words or one word. It was one. It was one word. It's a play on switchboard. Obviously. Ah, okay. And um, it was something to do with demonic phone line possession. Ace. Um, but all I can remember is a woman having her head cut off uh, with an axe and the stump having no blood in it, just being white. It looked like a pillow. <laughs> and so we freeze frame this, and we, there was a long debate between... There was a long debate between four 12-year-old schoolboys as to why there was no blood coming out of this woman's neck. And that's all I can remember wow. of the film. 
But do you think that has um, sort of molded your psyche in any way? Um, because we were both saying that James was a sci-fi who was aliens. We think really? that sort of, and that's mine was um, American World from London and Terminator. So I think that yeah, I'm, like, I'm like horror sci-fi. Well, my my first eighteen would would have been comparatively late because we didn't. We I wasn't allowed a VCR until about 1990. Yeah, where I know a lot of people had them comparatively you had a horse though up to five years before that <laughs> i had a pony i didn't have a horse and, and didn't, didn't it bite you skippy yeah it pinned me up against the five bar gate and bit through my jacket and then they killed it and then it was sent hopefully it was sent to the canners to uh like <laughs> make some win a lot or something oh glue yes even better um i can't remember where i was oh yeah so we didn't have a vcr um so i would what I would do to see films was to go to bed and get up again on Central, um, the ITV Midlands uh, region at that yeah. time. The non-BBC channel, yes. say, the commercial channel. The, other, the, um, the shit station. Yeah. Um, there was a, a season always in the summer called Friday Night Fright Night, oh. which was always a season of Hammer Horror films. So that is probably what um, formed my psyche with um, the book Hammer. The History of Horror by Dennis Gifford, which was a book I bought from a um, car boot sale in about 1989. Brilliant. Which has got some great photos in it. Have you seen the Hammer Glamour book? Yes, I've got the Hammer Glamour book. Oh. It's very strong. <laughs> well, just to make Ross feel a little bit better, because when we did this before... Because he's I never was... seen a rat. No, no, no. I was just... I was not mocking, but I was ch- chuckling at Ross's psychosexual experience at watching <laughs> um, American Werewolf in London. Yeah. yeah I'm really turned on him. by... So or <laughs> oh, Brian Glover, the thought of Brian Glover in a pub. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I possibly saw some of that on TV in about 1985, and my mother turned it off because she said it was vulgar. There's a bit where he's running come through back a to forest. Bed. <laughs> yeah. There's a bit where he's running through a forest <laughs> naked. Is that right? What? He's, he's, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I think she turned that off because she could see his winky. <laughs> but um, another another film like that, which I saw comparatively early on, um, was The Company of Wolves. Oh, yeah, that's which freakish. Which is very yeah. freakish film yeah, with Angela Lansbury in. Yeah, that, yeah, it's um, Red Riding Hood, isn't it? It's the Red Hood. Bit, bit of films from that era, I could possibly put Labyrinth, mm? Dark Crystal... What about Excal- I remember seeing Excalibur, Excalibur. being kind of weirded out yeah, by it. Yeah, that's, that's quite a, weird. Uh, that's an odd film. Because yeah. the films are glossy enough and big budget enough to yeah. be effectively scary. Yeah. But they're not overladen with stupid effects that you watch it and go, this is shit because mm. it's all CGI. Mm. Like, um, oh, the worst, the worst one that I've seen like that is I Am Legend, where for half an hour it's good and then the, you see the CGI zombies and yeah. you're just like, this is absolutely shit because I'm not scared of something... It looks like something from The Mummy Returns. Now, what do you think of the use of CGI in Dot 2 then, John? Um, partially good um, when it's well used. Um, for instance, in the first episode of this later season, um, the 11th hour, the bit with the um, snake coming down from the ceiling I thought was shit yeah. and I could have done better. When I was about 12, I would use my Dapol action figures to make stop-motion films on a Canavision E60 video camera, um, which now you go on YouTube and kids do it now, which is quite heartwarming. Yeah. If um, chilling. 
<laughs> to see that people still do stuff like that. But a, a lot more uh, high-budget mm. uh, attempts, rather than me using a camera tripod with a Lenore bottle stuck to the top of it <laughs> <laughs> to make a space gun. Yeah, but I, it was always the Lenore bottles used to make all that yeah. sort of shit. It wasn't like with um, Leonard Nimoy's light camera action when he showed you how to make a phaser out of yeah. all of them. And um, Halloween one year and Blue Peter, they made a mask out of a Lenore bottle Mm -hmm. by splitting it in half and using the handles as eyes. Ooh, okay. I see. Terrifying. You had to wash it out first, though. (laughs) Talk about fun experiences. Um, James, have you heard John's um, story how he he saw the Transformers movie? No, no. <laughs> because I feel I should say Transformers the movie was the first film that I was ever allowed to go and watch entirely on oh, my own. This is the cartoon version. Yeah, cartoon. of course. Yes. 1986. Well, yeah. None of your um, Michael Bay shit. Yeah, yeah. All so, we want is... Um, and I, I remember going down and Richard just film. going in thinking, this is so cool, I can sit wherever I want now. And so where did I go and sit? Right the, the very front row. Until you got motion right. sick. No, I loved it. I was just... Because it, it was in the massive... Well, John, could, has a John could sit wherever he wanted when he went to see it. Uh, this is the story goes, this, we're talking about 1986, That's which right, yeah. of course is 24 years ago. Is that right? I'm afraid so. Um, and basically, I'd been ill that day in school. Um, I'd come home and I had chicken supreme out of a can. <laughs> my um, my favourite food at that time. I'm not sure what I actually ate it with. Possibly boiled rice. Um, I remember that specifically. And then my mother said, as a treat, we're going to go and see Transformers, the movie. It's on in the Waterside Cinema in Stratford, (laughs) which I'm not sure is still there now. Um, It's right by the um, banks of the Avon. Yeah. Um, And there's a plaque on the wall outside showing where previous floods... uh, reached. Yeah, the highest levels. Um, But it used to be... The cinema was held in the same room, which is quite a large room, as as a... a multimedia, uh, as they probably call it now, exhibition of the world of Shakespeare. Well, where basically there's a load of mannequins stuck in crevices <laughs> in the wall, dressed as characters from Shakespeare plays. And then as the man spoke, there would be a spotlight on um, someone dressed as Bottom. That or... is like some conceptual art. I yes. that, that would be nominated for the well, Turner Prize well, you today. you ended up doing it at university? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, we went down to the cinema... No one else had gone to watch this film except me and my mother, and they kept the cinema open to allow me to watch this so I could lie on the floor at the front wow. of the cinema on my own. Despite the fact you were sick. <laughs> <laughs> to watch this film. Uh, and it, 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 it still stands lines. up now, it does, doesn't it? You got the touch. Love, because that was you just the power. The Macbeth and Hamlet all looking down there. <laughs> yeah, the greats of um, Shakespearean <laughs> yeah. tragedy watching on as Megatron turns into Galvatron. <laughs> Jeez, crosses fucking my which, mind. Which is, yeah, which does blow your mind as an yeah. eight-year-old. Um, because just before that, I'd started getting um, Transformers comic. Yeah. Which was very well written by a guy named Simon Furman, who was an excellent writer, and the guy Jeff... Jeff Senior was the the best artist on that. I feel I should point out that if you are coming down to the Bristol Comics Convention, Simon Furman will be there. He's always there. Simon Furman changed my life. You can go and say it to him. He'll he'll be delighted to hear that. Target 2006. Yeah, that's right. I've got all my old um, Marvel... UK Marvel Transformers comics with their headmasters and oh, we feel we brilliant. should point out for the international geeks that what happened was that um, Marvel in the States had the Transformers license and ran on and did it for a little while and then they stopped and they cancelled it but Transformers once again this is Great Britain we didn't have much else going on it was still like <laughs> huge over here the biggest selling um, comic ever there you Britain. go 
Not the Beano in yeah, its peak. Yeah, incredible. Sold a huge so it was amount. it was massive. So what they started doing was like the, uh, they said to people like Simon Furman, "Oh yeah, f- forget what whatever the toy line is doing." Or forget whatever anything. Or just, the cartoons. Just, just do your own stories. Yeah. Go mental. And they were. They confused the fuck out of me though, because yeah. it was a completely different continuity. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could, they did try and tie in some of the continuity, but I think in the end they gave up. Yeah. Um, because there was no Galvatron. I, am I right in thinking there was no Galvatron in the Americans comic strip? Galvatron yeah, and Ultra Magnus were trapped inside a, uh, a, a volcano. volcano. <sighs> And, um, yes, yes, they were. Yeah, and, they were, um, yeah. That was from frozen, like sort of Pompeii people. Yeah, and um, Blaster went down there riding two um, throttle bots like roller skates, <laughs> and they teamed up with Action Force. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, well, GI Joe. That yeah. was when they found um, a G- uh, when they teamed up with Action Force. That was when Megatron actually, Cleve, you've got this wrong, was trapped in a in a battle with Centurion in the in the London Thames. And that's, oh. that featured a, um, uh, a cameo from Richard Branson, <laughs> who, had, uh, who had supposedly funded Megatron being pulled out the Thames. Sounds about right. But then, one, then I think Sharpticon turned up Sharpticon. and towed, towed the Brilliant. frozen body of Megatron away. Awesome. I'd love to read them all again uh, because you they, can get they were very you can well. Get them. They're, they're, you, can, you, you can get them. Yeah. Um, we'll sort that out for you. If you are yeah. coming down to Bristol, we'll, we'll yeah. make that Target happen. 2006 was, was um, the finest uh, Because story. they also, they killed Optimus Prime. Yeah. In the, Early on. Like in a, like they played some sort of virtual reality yeah. game and he yeah. got blown up. Yeah. And the image of him being blown up, I remember as a kid thinking, holy shit. What the shit. hell are we going to, yeah. Yeah. Wow. But when you look back at that, there's never any backgrounds. It was just like yellow flashes. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But they brought, doesn't I mean, matter. They, they, remember Death Head? Yeah, yeah, Death's yeah. Head was brilliant. Now he did get put into and the main he, and he, he, Yeah, he had his own... Oh, so um, geeky. Oh, sorry, we've gone right off the geek. He had his now. own uh, comic line for a while. He, he was also in the Doctor Who comic strips in the uh, Doctor Who Yeah. Magazine. What was the name of the Dalek hunter in Do- Doctor Who comics? Absalom, Absalom Dark. Dark. Yeah, he, Even I know. He had his own record, didn't he? <laughs> I heard it on a, 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 a um, Dot Two podcast. He played as uh, I am Absalom Dark. Well, that, that, there was there was a little fad of that in British comics for a while because at Gemma and Boo's wedding, friends who got married, Boo's yes. and us for 2008. Yes, and when he went and DJed for a bit, he had a 12 inch Judge Dread record from the 80s, which was just <laughs> yeah. I can't even describe it. It was such a melange that's of when, styles. It was like a bit electro would buy records of anything. <laughs> <laughs> on the um, on like, the front cover of a thing, mate. Cast of Green Hill. <laughs> yeah. Best place. <laughs> the, um, Bobby, um, the cast of um, Saturday Swap Shop. I love that. Uh, I, love, I love Maggie Philbin playing a record on a bass guitar. On the cover of Oink magazine, my, my Oink. brother, we got um, Uncle Pig singing, Don't eat pigs because they're made of ham. <laughs> eat that nasty butcher man. Check it out. Check it, check, check it out. Incredible. And we played that so many times. It was a pink flexi disc. Record, though, was yeah. there? Probably. Well, the, the, the Takara Corporation probably protected it quite. <laughs> the, oh, I'm um, going to look on eBay for the, um, You'll be able to get them. Yeah. Said, just hang on to Bristol, you'll be able to get them. Absalom Dark was resurrected in one of the um, Virgin New Adventures novels as well, but in the end he died and <clears> it was revealed that he was a clone of the original Absalom Dark. Um, yeah, yeah that was very, that's a very good, I can't think what it's called, but it was by Peter Darvel Evans, who was the editor of that line. Now that is geek noise that we don't need to bring to the table. That's brilliant, Sean. Well done, man. I think what it is. So I've got it. Would you like to see Absalom Here Dark in the, in the new series of Doctor Who? He, yeah, he'd be quite cool. Twin uh, chainsaws. Yeah. Dalek hunting. Yeah, that's what you want to get. Would a chainsaw work on a Dalek? Depends how sharp the uh, 
teeth of the... Uh, but isn't it a Dalek got like a force sword round Well, like, the new Allegedly. Daleks have. The old-fashioned Daleks didn't have that. Just leave up on it. Have a Second World War Daleks. Yeah, I'm sure that's not Earth. That's <laughs> it's, it's an alternative it must universe. Be, or, or perhaps a... Um, Maybe it's a, like, a, a, like a thing like the holodeck in... Um, I think it's some sort of like gen- next generation. British theme park yeah. um, satellite or something. Yeah. And they've sort of re... Yeah. But it does look very good. And it's got... I think that's the one that's got Toby Thing in. He's a very good actor. Toby played, Haddock. Um, no, it's not who, the guy who did... Um, Toby Flood. Who's, Toby uh, Flood, is it? I don't know. He played... Um, that author did In Cold Blood. In oh, Truman Capote. Yes, yeah. yes, and he is also in The Mist. Yeah. He's the, yes. guy in the, the guy in the book, which is yes. brilliant. He's a very good actor. Oh, it's Churchill. Yes. And yeah, but he's not Robert Hardy, though, is it? A lot, <laughs> a lot of um, the guest stars, I think, come up in better. this season yeah. are incredible. Annette Crosby, with no fanfare at all. Straight in, yeah. Um, who else popped up? A few good actors popped up in The Eleventh Hour, I thought. Well, um, the, um, oh, yeah, uh, Margaret. <laughs> Ross is referring to One Foot in the Grave, the British sitcom that Annette Crosby was probably best I known for. I can't believe it. I've got a tree in my toilet. <laughs> oh, I've answered the phone. I've got a cat in my hand. There's a sausage dog. 12971. 12971. It's always there. I'm sure if this, they'll find this and find it absolutely hilarious. Oh, God. Yeah, but they remade Wolf in the Grave with Bill, Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. <laughs> and I remember seeing Bill he, Cosby on David Letterman talking about what it. What do you know? What? <laughs> and, and he came out and he was like, so, so you know, what are you working did on at the moment, Bill Cosby? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he jazzed it all up, of course. And he came and sat down and he said, so what are you working on at the moment, Bill? What, what are you doing? And he went, it's a pretty show. He's crazy. you got to see this man. He finds somebody's dropped some litter on the floor. He goes and puts it to his door. I said if he did it over here, he'd get shot. <laughs> so but they made him. It. They made him a lovable character with loads of kids. So basically, oh, the Cosby Show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Cosby Show, but he's just a bit more grumpy. Yeah. I wonder if David Rennick got any money for it. Oh, though. he must have got a fortune. Yeah. I bet they did have Eric Idle naked pressed against their, clock, their window. <laughs> That's one of the I'd more memorable episodes. I'd be very intrigued to see the um, Harvey Keitel version of Life on Mars. Um, I'd yeah. like to see that. Just with different ending. Like. You know what happened at the end of that? No. Don't you? Um, it, they were actually. Spoilers. There's a spoiler. But yeah, but it was. Um, they were actually on a space mission to Mars, and he. Uh, Get the, out! Yeah, you don't know fuck? the end of this. No, they were they were on a space mission to Mars. Um, while they were in there, they were in spread of animation playing virtual reality games, and his one, uh, Sam Tyler's one, went wrong uh, because he was doing some seventies cop sort of uh, scenario. It went wrong, and then all the characters who were on the spaceship with him, bled into it. So at the end, he opens up um, the thing and then all the other characters come out of the other pots. Yeah. Oh. And then they... You know, that, that just immediately says to me, Red Dwarf. And then yeah. Red, red, red Dwarf. And then they step out onto Mars. And I think he was wearing loafers when he stepped onto Mar- on the surface of Mars. No we knew it was good. Oh. Um, yeah. Mm, yeah. Because, of course, Ross doesn't like Ashes to Ashes. What, what's your I mean, opinion on Ashes? I don't like it. Because I absolutely, I think Ashes to Ashes is better than Life on I, Mars. I, and I me, almost like it more than Doctor Who. It's, oh, what yeah. a bonk. Yeah. It's science fiction for people yeah. who don't like science fiction. It's maybe. It's people that I just, think it, it's... I think it's one of the strongest TV franchises that Britain has produced mm. in the last I mean, 10 years. I, my, I said to James, my idea how they can um, move on next... Dean Hunt comes to the modern day. 
Well, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah. No, but it probably just ended up being a um, comic release sketch <laughs> in the end. But I reckon that's how they could move on. Yes, I don't. I think this is the last one they're going to do mm. because you find out what the mystery is. Because last night got very was ah, oh, it's it, this season what, referring it, to life on Mars. The, this oh, season, yeah. yeah, it's referring back to Sam Tyler now, but it's a lot darker. It's a lot more like Red Riding. I don't oh, know if you saw the Red God, Riding. That was trilogy. brilliant. That was really good. This is very dark. The first. First episode last week was very dark. Last night's episode was very dark. Um, but they're now hinting that, obviously, this will mean nothing to you because you don't really watch it. But one of the other characters, Shaz, they're hinting that she is also from a different time. Ah. With, and there was a really spine-tingling bit last night where they cut to her in Luigi's, the restaurant hmm. where they all congregate. The lights went down except on her, and then a little tiny bit of um, Life on Mars by David Bowie came out. Oh. And it was really, really well done. I just think the production values on it yeah. are probably better than modern Doctor Who in isn't, a different way. Isn't it, isn't it, um, hasn't it got the same production? Isn't it got Julie Gardner as a I think so. It's a BBC Wales production. Yeah. But it used they're to the be. They're at the Vanguard, in, aren't um, they, BBC Wales? Yes. It yeah. They, they um, are having the. Um, Drama Village in Roth Basin soon, which is going to mean that Casualty moves there. The new Sherlock Holmes thing is here. Oh, are they doing with, Yeah, uh, Mark Gassis has written it. Oh, yeah. superb. Brilliant. With um, oh, the guy uh, from The Office, the uh, ginger guy. Uh, yeah, and Benedict Cumberstatch, isn't he in it? Oh, Cumberbatch. Yeah. What the fuck is Cumber? Who's Cumber? Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch, that's a porn star name, isn't it? I think it's him and yeah, and um, Tim from The Office. Yes. Oh, I think that's a modern day. Yeah, modern day. Home. And so isn't quite, it, um, I've seen them shooting at Round Cardiff. Isn't Moffat involved with it as well? Moffat is possibly executive producer. Hey, okay, interesting. So yeah, BBC. Oh, there's World, a new uh, thing coming on. Um, I've been, I think it's BBC Four with, with um, Mark Gassis, and it's like. If Victorian people, men went to the moon, right, and it's like uh, they've got him inside his piff helmet. And when's this in, on the radio? No, it's going to be on TV. Oh, right. BBC Four, I think, oh, and it's got like him sitting on top of this sort of um, Victorian sort of steampunk sort of capsule with like yeah. this, with a pipe and stuff. Mm. So if they, were going, if they went, yeah, to like the whole like, Jules Verne. Yeah, it's, 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 that is. I think Catherine saw him in uh, Cardiff Town the other yeah. day. Very tall as well, and Top also man. gay. Yes. So, uh, well, Perhaps Cardiff. Yeah. Quizzet, I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of link between Taunus and Gaydom. Can we say that? I don't, why not? Why not? I'm sure Nietzsche said it. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, both James and I are, are over six foot tall. And gay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did either of you watch Survivors? No. No, I started watching See, it. See, nobody watched it, and, I, and that's and another thing that I I was going to get it on alone. DVD. It's, been, yeah. well, it's, been, it's one of those things being a big comics geek um, at the moment BBC America are yes. putting loads of ads into into American comics like especially for the new series of Who yeah. with him and him like, really? bloody hell yeah yeah but also for Survivors they're really pushing I, it in I, the season 2 of Survivors season 1 was a bit like Neighbours yeah. after the end of the world and yeah that's, what, that's what I thought season it's, 2 again was much darker um, there's a character in it played by Max Beasley who was once Robbie Williams percussionist he was he was his bongo player uh, <laughs> And um, his character is, is one of the best characters on TV I've ever seen. Because I know he was, he was a criminal. He was in prison well, in the yeah, first episode. He's, a, he's basically a murderer and a, and a nihilistic, miserable murderer who Brilliant. basically goes around killing loads of people. <laughs> but his character has no comeback for any of these crimes mm. at all. And I think that's quite refreshing yeah, for yeah, someone yeah. just to um, have summary justice on the baddies, just basically strangles them or shoots them. And there's a scene in one of the um, episodes where there's this guy who's um, got a hernia or something, and he's struggling in some 
field. He's yeah. lying there dying. And basically, Max Beasley just goes and smothers him to death. And all the other characters just look at him and kind of like, go, oh, well, that's what for we the do. best. Yeah. Just all walk off and that's the end of the episode. Did you watch the new Triffids at Christmas? Oh, it looks so bad. I watched half of the first episode. It was so boring. It was incredibly poor. And it was all the changes they made for no reason. Pointless, as usual, yeah. Absolutely pointless. Um, The second episode was slightly better. Um, They dispensed with um, Hannibal Lecter a bit too quickly. Is it Brian Cox? Brian Cox, yeah. Brian Cox was in it, obviously just in it, because he was probably getting about 40 grand or something. (laughs) Two days' work. Um... Yeah, they threw it. They said, well, you have to do this voiceover and Doctor Who as well. <laughs> that was yeah. a Wookiee yeah. <laughs> So they dispensed with him too quickly. Um, I can't remember the ending. Um, it was fairly shit. I do know that they're bringing back um, that thing with um, Dougie. Not Dougie. Is it Dougie Henshaw? What's his name? Oh, on ITV. Oh, 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 Primeval. Primeval, Ross yeah. It was, it was acted oh, by yeah. you like... Um, the woman in Hannah it. Spirit. Yeah, Hannah Smith. Yeah. They, it was asked by ATV. Yeah, yeah, it's been sci-fi, isn't it? it's been recommissioned by someone else. Or Watch. One of those yeah, weird Yeah, because channels. it was Watch. It was sold to so many Yeah, it's, it's, they, they, they show it on yeah. BBC America in oh, the States. Right. And it's quite a big following there. Parts of it were good, but parts of it were like, this week we're in somewhere and here's Big Ben in the background. This week we're somewhere, now there's Windsor Castle in the background. Yeah. And it was all a bit like... This oh. is a tour around Britain, yeah, for a yeah, yeah. tourist, yeah, yeah. with a giant snake in it. Well, sometimes going back to Doctor Who, obviously the giant snake. Um, what was the name of the village they're in? Oh, oh Nebworth. Was it, it called Nebworth? Was it Nebworth? Where's this? Ooh, the new Doctor Who, brand new one. Away. Where Nebworth. Um, Amy's from? Nebworth. Well, I think it's Nebworth. Well, well where Oasis well, played in 1996. Yeah. Where we, where all three of us went before we knew each other. Before incredibly enough, different day. I'm telling you, she says Nebwa. Because I was going to say, what was the name of the village in Doctor Who comics which they always have? Oh, that, not that. Uh, Stockbridge. Stockbridge, it wasn't Stockbridge. No, no. Stockbridge oh, okay. horror. Mm. But I'm, I kid you not, I'm sure it's Nebwa. Oh, okay. Anyway. But I thought it was good. I was not, like, that was one of my favourite things that it was in London. Yes. There's a, I, there's a few bugbears with... I've got with the new Who, and that's not enough for me to be like other fans that I see on the internet, slagging it off, mm. saying I will never watch this again, because oh. I'm really pleased it's still on TV, and it is on TV. I'm really pleased you see kids playing at being Daleks yeah. in the streets. I would say it's stuff. better than all the RCD ones already, just like yes, one episode. Yes, yeah. that's true. But I'm a bit bored of story arcs. No, I like right. story arcs. I, 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 I don't, don't see why people would slag that off. I, I, it's just a bit boring, and I think you don't necessarily need someone at the end of this episode going, silence will fall, Doctor. It's That's like, a better way of doing it than that, though. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. The, the way they just they bring back yes, a phrase or something. They or, could do it, rather yeah. than it being so ham-fisted, like, your singing will come to an end, Doctor, <laughs> or... Your shoes Ooh, will be muddy. <laughs> <laughs> One day your shoes won't fit. <laughs> I, that kind of thing. And also I miss a kind of... where the terror and the imperative of the episode is not the end of the world or the universe, yeah. but it's, it's just the end of... We're going to die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, royal I, rig. I said this before, is that I hate the fact that it's always like, it's got to go global now. Exactly. And I thought, why couldn't it... Well, it's because they've like gone too big and they yeah. can't ever go back. Now they can't go back, because that's what I hated about the RTD ones, is when you've got the TARDIS lasso in the world, oh. and flying through space, it's like, A, all the atmosphere would boil and disappear, 
what the fuck would they do with all the communication satellites yeah. that would suddenly crash into the earth and the fact that everyone would turn on the TV and there wouldn't be a picture yeah. rather than Professor Richard Hawkins or whatever his name is going or Barbara Windsor going oh there's a absolutely pointless yes so for, for me that was the moment when I really thought not only can I it was that Christmas special the Titanic one oh. where he pulled it up at the last moment and the Queen goes Thank you, Doctor. I was like, what oh, the piss I, I didn't set up torch wood to catch you. <laughs> or my, my aunt, grandma did. Yeah. I was just stupid. Yeah. I, that's yeah. what I agree. I don't like it. Please, that. it's on telly. Please, people enjoy it. But just be slightly more. Uh, have a bit more of a shit filter and don't think yes just because this will make people laugh sat around the telly on Christmas day it's not necessarily no, a good idea because Doctor Who's job isn't to be the royal family or yeah. Morecambe Wise Christmas special yeah. it's to be uh, but do you think I found it, I found it yeah. about a bit more 80s this one in the fact that it was a little bit bizarre and a little bit sort of yes. know, it wasn't sort of attached to the real world For quite me, so much for me back um, Matt Smith and the general feel of it is hark back really quickly to Davison's era of um, stories like The Awakening and The Visitation, where they're in little British villages uh, in, the visit, in The Awakening, which isn't on DVD, and it's one of my favourite ones. Is that one with the snake thing? Was it no, called? that's um, Kinder, which is... Um, which is, is really good. That's a classic. Is that the one where it's a, like in a country house? No, that's that's one that's Yeah, yeah, that's that's a straightforward murder mystery one, yeah, which yeah. would be nice to do that. Which that, I that thought, kind of stuck that, in if the Christie one would have been good, if they hadn't have had a stupid CGI giant wasp in it, which was <laughs> looked really <laughs> again, <laughs> looked really shit. <laughs> Just have something that you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you've got something which is a bit weird, a bit off kilter. Um, what happens in? Um, the awakening is that basically there's a malignant alien life force, as there always is, yeah. which has crashed to earth and is hidden under the church and is basically breaking out. But as he does so, the there's a time shift between Cromwellian Ooh. England and 1984. What's that book yeah. we read? Yes, very similar to The Devil on the Road. Mm. Yeah, so basically you've got round heads, they want to burn Tegan at the stake. I think yes, it's it Tegan. is, it's exactly the same as yeah. uh, that Robert Westall book. Which, which is a very, very good... Thing. And yeah. I'd like to see Doctor Who go back to more weird stuff like that, yeah, yeah. rather than like, oh, we've got an, a giant alien entity. We've got and what's the alien up. of the week? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to crush the world. Which reminded me a bit of the start of um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, yeah. the, the British TV original 1980s yeah, version, yeah, yeah. which is a bit like, which is a piss take really of Doctor Who and stuff like that, yeah. where the, the aliens want to build a bypass, of course, um, and that's what I got a bit. From this episode, I thought it was almost deliberate. Yeah. And a bit tongue-in-cheek, possibly of RTDs. Yeah, so maybe he was ripping the piss a bit. Yeah, which, you know, I thought the design of the aliens and stuff with just that big eye and stuff, yeah. I thought was a bit daft. Yeah. Um, whereas the one, the ones in RTD's time were just stupid because yeah. you've got to think of... I have... Uh, you in general don't have to think of this. <laughs> but um, I spend a lot of time worrying about the canonicity of these stories and how they would fit into an Earth timeline where in the pre where in old boo yeah. you've got things like Dalek invasion of Earth and the tenth planet where nineteen eighty six the Cybermen invade. Yeah. But they invade the South Pole and a few UN headquarters. Yeah. They're not on every street. Yeah. And then suddenly people Yeah, forget but yes. the time war sort of 
destroyed oh, all the other well. ones. Uh, but you've got to do that, otherwise you would be stuck forever because you couldn't get you you couldn't go beyond the 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 furthest they ever went forwards. No, but also saying that Russell Williams didn't think it worry about that because he said we're going to the year forty nine million. Yeah, or something which, like that. That, that's silly as well. Yeah, humans would have I, evolved into something else. I'd like to see gone. some episodes a bit like the ones um, on the X Files where. One of my favourite ones was where they went to some forest and basically they were cutting down trees and in the rings of the trees, really old, you know, 4,000-year-old trees, there was grubs that came out and they were killer grubs. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that is scientifically plausible. Yeah, it's easy yeah. to do. It's a really good episode rather than like, oh, we've got a giant peach in space yeah. <laughs> which is sucking the core out of the earth because it's child... Uh, is a, an octopus <laughs> and it needs magma to keep it alive. <laughs> Brilliant. It's like, <laughs> no. What marvellous. Surely, <laughs> oh, did, did you hear that? <laughs> what a great See, idea. That, that just, things like that do my head in. And yeah. it just doesn't... I, th- I think it you're just right. Doesn't I'm, I'm pleased that people like John exist, though. That you know, <laughs> to, to really care. Because there's so many... Like, you look much. at things like, I know you can say the time war has changed, it's blah blah but you look at what if you're talking about canonicity and, and timelines and things, I mean, there are ve- there's lots of um, websites you can look at that try and explain away the William Hartnell uh, era uh, comic strip episodes oh, okay. with John and I can't think what the girl's name is now, and try and fit that, make those canonical, which Everything, is absolute yeah. nonsense. But this, you can say Genesis of the Dalek changed the. Um, the timeline of the stories before it, the Dalek stories, and then you can say Remembrance of the Daleks did the same thing because it destroys Scarrow. You don't know when, what time zone Scarrow is destroyed. But then you can't have the Daleks constantly invading Earth at the end of every series and the Cybermen blowing up Canary Wharf and stuff Mm. and then say, oh, people haven't noticed this alien. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's for me, that's the problem. You know, because that's bollocks. Yeah. There's need to make it global. Yeah, it's just like have them invade a country house or have them invade a villa in Spain. Why would you come all the way across time and space to invade? That's when you have to be a good writer. But I just want to say one thing, and that's we live in an age of miracles. And I think here in this 21st century, I can't believe that two out of the three people having this conversation are both engaged to be married and managed to convince women to marry them. I was just thinking, wow, man, well, wonders never cease. Well, Helen is. Coming back from Bristol to watch Doctor Who today. Good girl. She's, she's, she's getting into... She very much likes Matt Smith. And we saw it, saw him in um, The Ruby and the Smoke with Billy Piper mm. um, a couple of Christmases ago, and he was really good in that. So I actually knew who he was when yeah, he said... Yeah, yeah. Um, and so she's really enjoying it. Um, I'm not sure what today's episode will be. Edward said it's a bit like... Um, uh, do you want to say this on there, uh, John? No, it's fine. It's a bit like um, The Long Game, which is a really shit episode. Right, but does it mean it might mean something in the future? Um, because The Long Game was setting up um, Bad Wolf, wasn't it? Possibly, but I'm not sure it does. Mm. I think it's just, it's more like a happiness patrol kind of alternative future. Yeah. yeah, just, oh, political. Did you hear the thing about Sylvester McCoy saying they were trying to bring down the Tory government with, yeah. with stories like the Happiness Patrol? And I was just like... We were out there, we were on the there edge. There were so few people watching what? that. <laughs> <laughs> about, it was you and Ken Dodds. About, yeah, about seven people tuned in. One of them was blind and deaf. 
Two of them were us. And two were unable to vote. The rest of them were dead. Oh, you daddy. Please don't vote for Margaret Thatcher again. Yeah, that was very, uh, a very hilarious interview. I don't know why you said that. deluded. And then Andrew Cartmel saying something like, I'm sure Sylvester thinks what he's saying is right, but... That wasn't part of my master plan. Yeah, that wasn't my master plan. Okay, well, we better leave it there, John. The doctor is Merlin. Yes. We'll leave that. The doctor is Merlin. Sorry, we've got to wrap this up quickly, but we've got to get back... To England before they sh- they close the gates on Wales and sacrifice us both. What's the best thing to come out of Wales, boys? The M4. The M4. <laughs> okay, well, it's brilliant. been brilliant it to has. speak to you again, James. Uh, John. <laughs> brilliant to speak to you again. John. Yeah, we'll see you in another two years. Yeah, well, yeah. no, well, I hope that we can do it again. Next time I want to be wearing a crash helmet and a leather glove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping you can get Skype work and then we can do this over the internet. Oh, imagine that. That'd be awesome. I'd love it. Could that I'd, happen? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll do that. that that's how I do my American Yeah, podcast. I'll do that. Brilliant. Okay, oh, well, that's and been Creeper Armstrong in Wales, episode 26. International. Yeah, International. So, yeah. And, yeah, we'll speak to you... Next month on the Bristol Comics Convention. Convention. Yeah, well, John might probably be there then. And Top uh, nation shall, shall speak, speak peace unto nation. nation. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. You have been listening to The General Witchfinders. <laughs>